the context of Christian witness, in the context of loving relationships, it all comes down to that same principle. How can I be in relationship with you? How can I love you well? How can I emulate to the best of my flesh riddled experience the person and work of Christ first? And let the Holy Spirit and the person and work of Christ and the Father who are infinitely more powerful than I am to bring you to salvation and whose responsibility it wholly is Mm -hmm. to bring you to salvation. Let them do their job. Let me do mine. Mine is be love to them. Be my hands and feet. Serve them. Be humble. Show them my heart so they're attracted to it. Hello again, and welcome back to Study with Friends. I'm Paige Quadro, and we're so glad you've joined us as we continue to study God's Word and grow more like Jesus. We're currently in a series on apologetics and pushing through tough conversations and pointing others to Christ. If you'd like to get the homework to better follow along or want to listen to past episodes, you can find them all on our website, studywithfriends.org. Wherever you are, you can listen to us on your favorite streaming apps like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or you can feel even more part of the circle by watching the ladies online on YouTube. Now, let's begin today's study. Um, Okay, so where we left off in our role play, put your character back on, (laughs) is um, you were saying, yeah, why does it have to be all that death? Right. Right? And so... um, I validated that. I, I shared that experience. And, and here's a couple things that I want you to notice. I will pepper through our conversation permission to continue. It's a humble thing. But um, uh, what I'm going to do now is say, okay, I struggled with that stuff for sure. I love that you're asking that question, if I'm being honest with you, because it makes me really happy. Um, even though you may think of this question as a, um, a blocker to, to, to faith, the faith that I hold, I actually know in my heart that if you and whomever, maybe it's me or someone else in your life, continue to ask this question, where it's going to lead you to is the faith that I have. And I'll tell you, um, if it's okay with you, I would love to keep talking to you about it because it's not a, um, you know, these things, these are big questions and they're not things that I can say to you and be like, oh, this is the answer. They're hard questions and they, they require really thoughtful answers. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I would, so it's okay for us to keep talking about it. Maybe even beyond today. I would love that if you're down. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So I've already just, okay, you got it. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) so. But I would say, um, just to t- maybe potentially close this and we both go think about it a little bit, if that would be okay, is um, to ask you how you feel about justice. Do you think that justice is something that matters in the world and would matter if there were a God or matters to God? Do you think justice matters? Well, yeah, because I, like I've already said, I, I'm super against violence, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why I don't fully get the whole cross, Mm -hmm. dying on the cross Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But yeah, but with that, I definitely, you know, think that that justice is important to uphold. Mm -hmm. And and especially if justice is going to keep away violence, then yeah. So you you would say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you would say 
um, if I'm hearing you right, that actions have consequences and they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk more about that next time we get together and how those two concepts come together. I just want you to think about that. I've totally set the table Mm -hmm. for why the death relates to the justice and she's already buying in. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm not going to land it that day. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I'm not going to land it that day because I don't want her to feel pounced on. Yeah. I really want her to go away and think about, why did she pivot to justice when I was talking about death? Mm-hmm. And let the spirit mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. work right. in between the times that I'm actually opening my faulty, fleshy, sinful mouth and could totally screw it up. So I have a question with that. Um because that's so good. Um, what do you do in circumstances where the Lord leads you into a conversation with a stranger and you just, you don't know if you're going to be able to see them again or like perfect example. Okay. You're, you're on a bus for two hours, right? Going to wherever. And you only have that short conversation. (laughs) You don't know. And it's not even looking like it's going to lead into a, Hey, let's exchange information and, Mm -hmm. and start a relationship. You literally only have that two hours. I would do yeah. the same thing I just did there, okay. which is, you know what? This is a really good question, and I love that you're asking this question, and it actually makes me want to kind of be in relationship with you. I don't want to intrude in your life, but how mm. about if I just text you mm. my information, and like, if you do want to continue the conversation, you have a way to talk to me about it. But if you yeah. don't, I'm actually just going to pray that God brings other people in your life to, to, to further this conversation along because I think you're asking really great questions that have existential consequences, and I think you get that. Mm. And um, I personally would love to stay in that conversation with you. I said this, um, I don't know if I, I think I said it last night, but I'll say it here again. Your questions sharpen my faith and so it would be a service to me if we could stay in relationship that you could continue to help me understand my faith better by asking questions that I might not have thought of that's how I would handle that okay you're you're just inviting them into relationship because if you really feel like God has put you in that moment at that time you have to at least ask that person humbly say do you want to stay in relationship with me Am I, because what you're really asking the Lord is, am I supposed to be used in this mm-hmm. life longer than the two hours that you have me? Mm-hmm. And if not, there's a, there's a, an author who wrote a book, which I really like, but a lot of things I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, his name is Greg Kokel. I love him as an apologetics guy, um, but the book is called Tactics. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the, um, the name because it feels like battle tactics and I just I really come from a different approach which is don't look at it as a battle so all that aside love you Greg Um, (laughs) um, for me it is about uh, what Greg really (coughs) says well which is putting a stone in their shoe Mm. that you don't have to have all the answers in that two hour conversation on the bus or the airplane we've all had those Mm -hmm. You just have to put a stone in their shoe so that as they walk away, they're a little less comfortable with what they had before they came. Just a little less comfortable with it. Mm. Like that was something she really poked at. And that's what I'm talking about, disarm and deconstruct. Mm. So we didn't really get to deconstruct, but I started that work where I would say, what's a good good one to disarm and deconstruct? Um, if we go back to the supernatural conversation, okay? So if, if someone says, um, 
do you really think that that Jonah stuff is true? Or is, you know, even in our conversation, which we're totally not getting to today, which I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine with. Um, I think this is really good foundational work. Um, where someone's like, Oh, do you really believe that Jonah got swallowed by an actual whale? You know, this condescending, whatever. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I, to put it to deconstruct. So I asked a better question. We, Mm -hmm. we saw that. Um, about the supernatural, which I think is a better question. It forces them. That by itself, by the way, is a bit of a stone in the shoe. Mm-hmm. Because I'm asking you, well, the, I think the bigger question is, do you believe that anything supernatural could ever happen? It forces them to shift their paradigm around the Jonah story to embrace it inside the category of supernatural, which you can't really argue with that. Mm-hmm. It's not natural. So it has to be supernatural for him to have been swallowed and then lived in there, whatever. So the bigger question really is that question. So that by the question by itself could be a stone. But then I would disarm by saying, you know, I think that's a reason. Like that seems outlandish. Mm -hmm. I validate what you're experiencing there, which is that seems crazy. And I don't disagree. That seems crazy to me, too. Um, so I've disarmed and then deconstructing, but like, what if there were forces beyond what we could see that could do things outside of the natural realm? Mm -hmm. What if? Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, I have to think about like, what all would that include? So I'm de- deconstructing mm-hmm. the idea around. So I just think, you know, I'm just kind of with you, not like, don't you think, yeah. but more like, what would that look like? Or what if that were true? Mm-hmm. Or because really what I'm saying there is what if you're wrong? Yeah. But I would never say those words. Mm-hmm. I just take a different approach of like, when I think about it, I wonder or I ponder or I consider, or I meditate on, or I reflect on, and then I'm just inviting you into a different mindset that maybe you leave that two-hour conversation and you're like, I never really thought about it that way. That's what you. That's if you if you know that the conversation is finite, then that's what I would. That's the only thing that I would try to do is just put a new thought into the mix and let the spirit do the rest. Does that help yeah. or make sense or is it no, not so it really satisfying? Does. It really does. And, and too, you know, because um, it goes back to kind of what you first brought up, which was this, this fear struggle that we could fall into the trap of, of I have to have an answer mm-hmm. in the moment. And I very much grew up with that yeah. mentality. Yeah, me too. And, and I'm, I'm learning now both because because also too i I see examples in scripture where um you know emmaus the walk to emmaus right is a really good example of where you know i think i think the background from what i can remember is that they were followers of jesus but but just in that example they don't know it but jesus shows up Mm -hmm. and they just think they're in a conversation but in that conversation he does unpack the scriptures and or the law of Moses Mm -hmm. to them and and all of that and and he does kind of lead things into it but then he just leaves and then Mm -hmm. that's when they realize and so Mm -hmm. I I look at those examples and and I see definitely confidence in having an answer however I've also seen examples of 
you know, where where it was basically ended and left with a question mm -hmm. and it gets people thinking, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've noticed this a lot um, with, you know, again, I, I bring this up a lot because it's at the forefront of my mind a lot, but the younger generation um, and just because I have a really big passion of, of just I love uh, the vigor of youth and just their <laughs> their spunk and and I. She says there like <laughs> she's not in it. Well, <laughs> let me let me say that. Yeah, that is true. I'm like, sweetie, you said the rest of our age, right? Yeah, like, just, wrong audience. <laughs> I think I think of youth as like my sister's age, mm, thirteen okay. and up. But yeah, I guess being still being in my twenties, I would I would probably still fall into that category. But um, but no, just just the passion behind them. And a lot of times that passion is fueled by this never ending need to be right and make sure your opinion is heard. Yeah. And so relevance. Yes. Yeah. Relevance. But, but that's such a good point, right? Because what I've noticed in the deconstructing approach, right? Cause it, cause in my circles, it hasn't always been apologetics cause we all believe kind of all believe similarly. Mm -hmm. It's, it's always been about identity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which falls similar because a lot of people, you know, your identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so therefore what you believe or what you don't believe, if you don't believe in Christ or whatever, that definitely falls into the apologetics conversation. And so a lot of times I've noticed that people that have really, really big opinions, really, or, or they come at you abrasively, mm -hmm. um, they come at you defensively. It's because I've noticed at least like they're the crux of, of it all is that they want to hold on to what they believe yeah. and not let it go because of a fear of like, if I let this go, then who am I? Yep. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that a lot in young people. Wow. And so when you do the deconstructing, you can allow them uh, and, and in, let's put it in your example of, of someone who doesn't know Christ or someone who has a lot of questions, but is, comes across as like, I don't want to, I don't want to have the answer. I just want to, you know, state all these questions and just, you know, know what I believe mm -hmm. kind of a thing mm -hmm. you can deconstruct and think, okay, but who, who are you really? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about why you were created? Have you ever thought about, you know, what, what made you so intricately the way you are? What made you so confident in what you believe in, you know? And when you come at it from that approach, which is the deconstructing, it makes them think and it also brings the peace part that you talked about mm -hmm. earlier because you're now you're now valuing them mm -hmm. you're yeah. now validating them in a way that maybe they didn't even realize that they were lacking mm -hmm. kind of like you know um, the analogy of being in a desert and not realizing how thirsty mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. you know? this is i wrote down the word relevance yeah and so to continue what you're saying and actually to what we were also saying if I am sitting in a position in these conversations of needing m to be relevant or needing to be right, at the end of the day, I'm not acknowledging the most relevant thing I can do ever is point to Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's the most relevant mm -hmm. thing any of us will ever experience, period. Mm -hmm. It's the most relevant thing because this life is a drop. And so if I'm in that moment, we we're, so, we're so totally talking about all the same things. In my flesh, needing to be right, feeling fearful, all those negative things. Those are pride, fear. Wh who, who's the author of these things? Mm -hmm. I'm being overtaken by the enemy for the purpose of 
derailing that conversation, important conversation in that person's life. And so I love your Emmaus reference because it absolutely goes along with what we're talking about. I didn't even think about it. This is why I love the group. I I would never, okay, I should never say never. (laughs) But I would find it anathema to have a ministry where I was the only one talking. Oh, right. Because what happens, the wisdom in this group. So your Emmaus reference is 100% what we're talking about here. Yes. He took his time. Mm Mm-hmm. He presented ideas they weren't thinking about at that time, and then he left it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, he didn't, he was Jesus. Yeah. He could have yeah. just stopped them in <laughs> right. the road and be like, look at me. Right, right, right. right exactly. But he didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Everything that's recorded in the Bible is for us to learn from. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he do it that way? This is what we're talking about. Yeah. A really great, can we read that? that would Let's be wonderful. read that. Yeah. Does anybody have it? I was looking for it. It's not in Matthew. It's an act. Oh, uh, no. No, so what I don't have is my glasses. Gospels. So. Yeah, I think. As much uh, as I'd love to Luke? help you, maybe the 20-something-year-old eyes can read it. I don't have my phone, so I'm going to look in my analog Bible. And then let's see. A lot of the appearing is in uh, Are you John. sure it's not in Acts? That's what I keep thinking. But. No, I'm not No, because, I mean, by Acts 2, it's earlier than the. Pentecost is in. Just Somebody Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. Uh, I will real quick. There's no shame in Google. I know. Here's to the disciples, but where's Emmaus? Oh, it is in Luke. Okay, Luke mm. 24, 13. Oh, right here. It's right in front of me. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yep. I was gonna say, I was okay, why don't we let so Brooke close. read it? Because she brought it. She yep. rocked okay. that. Luke <laughs> 24, 13. All right. Uh, and this is in the New Living Translation. Thank you. Th- that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked, al- that's, as they walked along, they were w- talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened here in the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and then came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told Jesus is alive. So some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Mm. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. 
And then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples who, and others who gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. I'm so excited about this, ma- this passage. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Wow, this is so great. Brooke! That was a spirit-led moment for you to bring Amen. this up. Amen. First of all, I want you to notice three things. I'm, I'm not going to disregard him saying how foolish you are, but let's just set it aside for a second, okay? <laughs> Setting Maybe aside that, <laughs> I have a red-letter Bible. Yeah. All three of his red-letter moments are questions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah, what what are you discussing together mm-hmm. as you walk along? Question mark. Mm-hmm. They said, haven't you heard these things? He says, what things? He already yeah. knows the answer. Right. Oh, that's We so know good. the answer, mm-hmm. but we're leading the questions. And then he said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm-hmm. He's leading them through questions. That is awesome yeah. that you brought that up. And I yeah. wish I had done it because I'm supposed to be the teacher. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. But that's the whole <laughs> yeah. point. Amen. And then I mean, it does when say they that he did teach, him, but that they yeah, didn't but give that us the actual after, words. Right. He's asking questions, questions yep. asking questions, asking questions, yeah. and then saying, he, okay, so I have things I can teach you too about the historicity of the Bible, the scientific mm-hmm. underpinnings of the Bible, the logic of the Bible. I can teach you those things. And I will, but it comes at the end of the conversation. When I've prepared your heart through the questions that I ask you to be open to listen. And and later it says, did not our hearts burn within us? And that's the Holy Spirit that was doing the work before they even recognized the Christ. Hi, this is Marilyn. Thank you for joining us in this study of God's Word. We hope this helps you grow in your faith and to grow closer to God. We encourage our listeners to be part of a local Bible teaching church where they can enjoy the fellowship of believers and further their growth and relationship with Jesus. Study with Friends is a solely donor-supported ministry. We gladly accept any donation you are led to give. Monthly partnerships are especially helpful, but any amount, any time is welcome. You may donate at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We pray that this ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. Join us next week to Study With Friends.